wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. Wherever you're listening from, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. The overall theme for this week is uh, How Reasonable is a Biblical Worldview? And yesterday, Pastor Brenton and Pastor Will looked at the question, What is a Biblical Worldview? So this is dealing with what happens when you look at world events using the teachings of the Bible. Now today, the big question to be answered is, how did we get the Bible? So, today joining me here at the Faith FM studio is my friend Pastor Marty. He's the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. Welcome once again, Marty. How are you doing today? Oh, Ricardo, this is just such an exciting day. This has been a fantastic day. Awesome. This has been a, a big day for us as a family. We had our, our daughter start school today. So it was uh, her first special. day at school. She was really excited and um, she did so well. So we, um, and then we celebrated that. We went out and we had a nice lunch together at, um, Bangkok Boulevard, by the way, mm-hmm. very nice Thai food, very very nice. There at Tea ah, Tree Plaza, you go, listeners. delicious <laughs> Thai food, and um, it's certainly one of my wife's favourite. And it was a bit of wow. an early birthday lunch for her as well. So today, uh-huh. Pastor Ricardo, it's just been a great day, and to be yes. here in the studio talking about God's Word, what an absolute privilege! What a privilege, right? And as I hear you telling the story about your daughter, the first day at school. Uh, I still remember when my kids went to school for the first time. We took pictures. We, we see the pictures. Now my daughter is uh, in year 12. I can't believe. You look way too young <laughs> to have <laughs> a child who's, uh, you know, turning 18 this year. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, <laughs> listeners, there you go. If you have um, small kids, enjoy them while you can because they grow too fast. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Life's going to really go very quickly now that school has started. We have to make the most out of each moment. So today um, for the World Watch segment, I have an article that I just read from um, AP News, that Associated Press uh, News, published on January 28, 2024. And the title is Muslims and Jews in Bosnia Observe Holocaust Remembrance Day and Call for Peace and Dialogue. Jews and Muslims from Bosnia and abroad, gathered in Srebrenica, I hope I pronounced it correctly, on Saturday to jointly observe International Holocaust Remembrance Day and to promote, this is the main um, purpose, the main goal, and to promote compassion and dialogue amid the Israel-Hamas war. The event on Saturday underscored the message that the two communities, that's Jews and Muslims, uh, share the experience of persecution and must stay united in their commitment to peace. You see how the world is talking about peace mm. everywhere? We need peace, and, and I agree with that. Now it says, 
Bosnian Muslims and Bosnian Jews are one body. Our ties are intricate, forged in hard times and times of prosperity and interaction, said Hussein um, Kavasovic, the head of Bosnia's Islamic community, in his address to a group of survivors and descendants of victims of the Holocaust and the um, Srebrenica massacre who took part in the commemoration. Srebrenica massacre. Um, it's my understanding that more than 8,000 uh, Bosniak Muslims, men and boys, were killed in 1995 uh, during that inter-ethnic Bosnian war. So th- this is really um, has, has impacted those two communities. Both our peoples have suffered and have experienced attempts to destroy and eradicate them. And at the present moment, when the evils of anti-Semitism and Islamophobia are gaining ground around Europe and the world, we must renew our vow to be good neighbors and care for one another, he added. Menashem Rosemsaf, a child of Holocaust survivors, and until last summer, the General Council for the World Jewish Congress was also in attendance. Rosensoft had repeatedly led delegations of Jewish scholars and young diplomats at ceremonies to commemorate the Srebrenica massacre that are held every July in the eastern Bosnian town. Today we remember, he said. Today we remember. Today we mourn. We join together in sorrow. And our tears become prayers, prayers of remembrance, but also prayers of hope. Rosensoft told the gathering those words. This commemoration is the place for us to jointly commit ourselves to doing everything in our power to prevent the horrors we remember here today from being repeated, he added. Rosensoft recalled in his speech the stories of Bosnian Muslims who risked their lives to save their Jewish neighbors from the Nazis, and about 50 years later, Bosnian Jews saving and caring for their Muslim neighbors during the country's um, internecine war. We must do all in our collective power, he says, to change the future. So I want to emphasize how everyone in the world is talking about peace now. We need peace. So that's why he says Mm. we must do all in our collective power to change the future, to prevent further destruction and violence, and to reject all manifestations of anti-Semitism, of Islamophobia, of bigotry, of xenophobia, and of hatred. And we must do so together, Rosensaf said. The commemoration was followed by the launch of the Srebrenica Muslim Jewish Peace and Remembrance Initiative devised and signed by Rosensaft and Kavasovic. The signing of the initiative was witnessed by a Srebrenica massacre survivor, Munira Subasik, and the leader of Bosnia's Jewish community, Jacob Finci, who was born in a concentration camp in 1943. Now, um... This is obviously current news, but it makes me realize that everywhere in the world, people are talking about peace. We need peace everywhere. So that reminds me of the words in the Bible, speaking about having a biblical worldview, right? 
First Thessalonians 5, verses 1 to 4. Dear listeners, listen to what the Bible or how the Bible describes the times that we're living in. It says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. So we know that these things, the last events, will come as a thief in the night. But there's something that we need to um, pay attention to. We should not be surprised. We should not be caught unprepared, as it says in the following verses. For when they say, peace and safety, which is exactly what they're saying now, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, there comes the verse that I was referring to, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Huh? Happening at the moment. This is the difference between um, looking at world events through um, different worldviews and looking at world events through the lens of the Bible, having a biblical worldview. The Bible helps us interpret you know, world events in, in a very correct and, and truthful way. Um, have you have you heard of um, people maybe being worried about things happening lately? Oh yeah, absolutely, Pastor Ricardo. I think that's probably in the forefront of many people's minds when they, you know, turn on their televisions when they look at their. You know, scrolling on their, on their phones and looking at the news. Uh, any, any thinking person would be concerned about the things that are happening in our world. Our world is rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, parents are, uh, are looking at the future and thinking, you know, what's society going to be like? What kind of world yes. are my children going to grow up in? And we do hear all of these promises of peace. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, powerful word it's a something that we all long for deep down in our hearts and um and yet much of what is you know promised you know like our promises as talking about just human beings in general our promises are like ropes of sand you know we we have might have all the best intentions but really how much power do we really have can we really bring do we have what it takes to bring about peace we can hardly promise what will happen tomorrow. Yeah. And these leaders are promising peace mm. for the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's a, you know, and so I can, I think it's a wonderful goal. But I suppose what you're saying there, Pastor Ricardo, is the scriptures talk about this, that there's going to be this worldwide movement where everyone's saying, look, we need peace, we need mm-hmm. security, we need to set aside our differences, Which we is need great. to tolerate, Which is great. you know, these yes. are really positive things. And we should support that. We should do it, yeah, as long mm-hmm. as it doesn't go contrary to, mm-hmm. to God's word, we support that 100%. But the reality is that, yeah, these, um, our world is actually, yeah, according to the Bible, our world is in troublesome times and there are troublesome times ahead. The only way to have peace is to have an experience with Christ. Amen. The Amen. Prince of Peace. Thanks <laughs> and, to God and yeah, the Bible. Then. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, we would be completely in darkness about mm-hmm. what's happening. 
So thanks to God and the Bible. Uh, dear listeners, if you view the world through a biblical perspective, that per- perspective that is a biblical worldview, the inevitable conclusion is that we are living in the time of the end. So if you would like to know more about these things, about um, Bible prophecy, um, starting this Friday, February the 2nd, I'll be presenting 24 Bible studies called Secrets of Prophecy, all right, at Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Hall. That's one Bible study every Friday, okay? The address is 7 Ballville Street, Prospect. There's parking available. So every Friday at 6 p.m., you're more than welcome to join us. We're just going to start topic number one next Friday, the 2nd of February. We will have giveaways as well for you. So I hope to see you there every Friday. Yeah, that is a fantastic series, that one, Pastor Ricardo, Secrets of Prophecy. Um, is that the one, will there be booklets and, you know, that free resources available or, you know, um, et cetera? Yes, yeah. yes. There will be resources, uh, free resources to take away. Yeah, this is a brilliant series. I love this particular series, Secrets of Prophecy. Um, yeah. Wow. Wonderful. Yes. Amen. Let's go, uh, let's hope that God, um, blesses uh, our efforts to, to share the word. All right. Let's have a little break while we listen to a song. Give me the Bible. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wonder, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken When sin and grief have Filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Enlightened, teach me the danger of 
below That lamp of safety or the gloom shall brighten That light alone the path of peace can show Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow Matt Minikas with Give Me the Bible. Dear friends, our giveaway for this week is the book How to Study Your Bible Precisely by Peter Gregory. And I'll give you the code right away. The code you need to text in to get a free copy of this book is SA200. SA200. No spaces between um, the digits. SA200. Text that code to 04888-80811. I'll repeat that information after I talk to you about the book, How to Study Your Bible by Peter Gregory. It's one thing to believe the Bible and accept that it is a message from God. That's all fine and good. But it's quite another thing to know how to read it, how to study it, how to discover the divine message within it for you. What good is it even to own a Bible if you don't read it, right? If you don't interpret the message of God um, in the Bible for you. Not much good at all. Yet, that's the experience so many Christians are facing every time they open the Word of God these days. A premier sought-after Bible teacher and evangelist, Peter Gregory provides you with the tools you need to understand God's Word. He offers step-by-step insights that will deeply enrich any Bible study experience and revive the Christian walk. How does one prepare his or her heart and mind for study? When is the best time to sit down with your Bible? What are the best methods and tools for getting the most out of your study? How to study your Bible tackles these challenges and many more, enabling and encouraging biblical, biblical students to dig more deeply into God's Word than you ever thought possible. So, don't wait any longer. Text us the code SA200 to 04888-808-11 and your free copy will be on its way. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A, right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty. And as I mentioned before, he's the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center here in Adelaide. So I'm pleased to have him here in the studio. This week we're following the theme, How Reasonable is a Biblical Worldview? Is it, is it important to have a biblical worldview or not? And the big question for today is, how did we get the Bible? Where does it come from? So, Marty, the Bible, how did it come into existence? This is a great question. You know, the Bible is the book of books. You know, it was written over a period of 1,600 years on on three different continents by about 40 different authors. And, um, and so... 
you know, it's an incredible book. It's changed the lives of millions of people. And where did we get the Bible from? The Bible tells us where we got it from. In Amos chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Okay. So prophets were the people primarily who wrote the Bible. God spoke to those prophets. He revealed things to them, and they wrote those things down. Mm-hmm. Now, how exactly did this work? Did God speak to them and say, look, write these exact words down? Did God ins- inspire them with the thoughts but they or, or, or the message, and they essentially communicated that thought in their own language? We, we do understand from the Bible, that that's really the latter uh, mm-hmm. example is really how it took place. So you come to the okay. you come to the book of Second Peter, and it talks about this. Second Peter chapter one, and uh, in verse twenty one, it tells us very clearly. Or actually, we can go back to verse twenty. It says, mm-hmm. "Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation." For prophecy, the Bible says, never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we notice that prophecy, which is this divine revelation, Mm -hmm. it didn't come by the will of man. It wasn't just that people thought up these Mm. different ideas and wrote them down. It actually originated, the message originated with God himself, okay. the Holy Spirit then moved upon the minds of the people and they wrote down the message. Mm. And essentially, that's how we got the Bible. And mm. over history, beginning with Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, and he also wrote the book of Job, and then we moved through history to different mm-hmm. people like Joshua and Samuel and um you know and and then we come to obviously the psalms and the proverbs and mm. and then you come to daniel and isaiah and jeremiah all these prophets and mostly the name of the book of the bible is the person who wrote that book right yes yes so for example daniel wrote the book of daniel isaiah wrote mm. the book of isaiah etc and so that's essentially how we got the bible it's important to recognize that these words were not dictated by God. Mm-hmm. There is only a few instances in the mm-hmm. Bible where we have essentially God actually writing mm-hmm. or, or dictating the Bible. One, one, one of the most clear examples of that is the Ten Commandments. Right. In the Ten Commandments, you find them in Exodus 20 and also Deuteronomy chapter 5. God actually specifically wrote them down on tablets of stone. So that was something so important about the Ten Commandments that that God said, "Here, I'm going to write this one down." <laughs> That's amazing. You yeah. know, we don't want any anything to go wrong here. So He wrote it down. Very important for Him. It, incredibly important. Uh. Written on tablets of stone, but the but for the most part, the Bible was written usually on parchment, mm-hmm. and it was written. Um, by by people, it was written by yes. prophets who were inspired by God. In fact, if you come to Second Timothy, this is a great verse. Second Timothy three sixteen, and it simply says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God." Now, some mm-hmm. translations will say it's God breathed. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's God breathed. It's inspired by God. God didn't dictate it, but God right. inspired it. It's he origin impressed. Is God. Yeah, it, it came from God, and then people wrote it. You know, in a way that reflected their culture, reflected their personality. Mm. You know, and you see that through the different styles of writing throughout the Bible. Some mm. Bible is poetry. Some Bible, some portions of the Bible are history and just mm. very factual. You know, you read the book of Luke, for example. Mm. And that's a very historical, you know, Luke is very thorough. He was a doctor. And so he was a, you know, that's how he wrote. Whereas you compare that to a different book, say the book of John, and it's more stories. And it's, you know, there's a lot of deep, profound meaning in those stories. It's Mm -hmm. simple, and yet it's incredibly profound. And this makes sense. No personal interpretation is what you mentioned before, the Bible says, right? Absolutely. So it's safely, it is safe to say that, uh, okay, there's, there's more than probably 40 writers, but really one author, right? Because it's all inspired by That's a good by, way to put it. I like that. By the spirit. You've got one master builder mm. or one master designer, and then you've got some workmen who, who, who got to work. But really, it's, it's God who's, who's inspired the whole scriptures. Mm. And that's what's important here, mm. where it says in 2 Timothy, all scripture All is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, so teachings, mm-hmm. so what is truth, basically, um, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Mm. And then we receive this promise that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm. In other words, within the message of the Bible is power to equip us for life. Within the message of the Bible is power for us to be the best husband we can be, the best, you know, the best worker that we can be, the best father that we can be, etc. So that we can be complete. That's the word that it uses. We can be complete. That's right. Mm. So it's more than just head knowledge. Mm. The Bible doesn't just give you intellectual stimulation. It changes the way that you live. It changes the way that you believe. And it has a power to give us hope and purpose and courage in our lives like no other book. But let's mm-hmm. just quickly go back, Pastor Ricardo, that, that word, all scripture is given yes, by inspiration yes. of God. There, it's, it's important to recognize that when, um, when we read the scriptures, it's all inspired by God. Yes. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible is inspired. We can't pick and choose based on our preference what parts we like and what parts we don't. Mm-hmm. Because the moment we do that, we begin to basically try and become, you know, the, the, the authority. Whereas God is the ultimate authority. The Bible is his book. Mm-hmm. And when we accept the whole scripture, we gain the clear and mm. the clear message of scripture, so the clear and complete the, message. The encouragement from the Bible and also the re- reproof. Uh, yes, of course. Both things. The, the, but the word of God is like, like a double-edged well, re- sword. It cuts through. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we absolutely, Ricardo. Look, you know, we, if, if we're, if we're honest with ourselves, mm. we recognize there's parts of our characters, there's parts of our, you know, lives that we want to see growth. Mm. And sometimes we need that to be pointed out to us. Sometimes we we have blind spots mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
that we don't see. Sometimes other people see them. And when you read the Word of God, in fact, in the book of Hebrews, there's this powerful verse in chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, For the Word of God, like you said before, two-edged sword, is living and powerful. Mm. So this book is not just a, it's not just words on a page. It's living. It's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Sometimes when I've been reading the Bible, I felt that sword, you know, you know, the Bible doesn't cut though to wound. It cuts to heal. It's Very like good. it's like a surgical knife, exactly. you know. It it, exactly. it cuts out the bad things yes. that that shouldn't be there, and um and it reveals to us sometimes our motives. Mm. That we're like, mm, yep, yes. okay, my motives were 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 not good in that Shows situation, right? It does. It does. Character through colors. It does, and I think we need mm. that because, um, you know, what 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 would be worse than going through life? And, and not really actually knowing what, what was reality, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, um, and so that, that doesn't appeal to me. Mm. You know, I'd, I want to know if there's something in my life that needs changing. I want to know. And God is always gracious. Mm. God reveals things to us in such a gentle way. It always yes. comes from a heart of love. When you read the scriptures and something, you know, starts making you feel uncomfortable in your heart. You go, wow, that's something I need to change in my life. Yes. We also recognize that the same God who told us to change is the same God who gives us the power to change. So he always ends with hope, a word of hope. Always. So sometimes he can be very firm when you read the Bible and it of really touches you, it shakes your ground. Mm-hmm. But the word of God always finishes with hope. He gives us a solution. Yeah. Whereas... Sometimes we're not like that. We just, 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 you know, we criticize without giving any hope, which is not the way God treats us. Absolutely not. Yeah, God's word is powerful, mm-hmm. and um, and so where do we get the Bible again? Mm-hmm. It's God's book. He inspired the prophets. He inspired the apostles. He inspired those who wrote the Bible, mm-hmm. and these recorded mostly on parchment, and were copied. Um, very carefully, the, the rules of copying the scriptures mm. that, that existed back, um, you know, amongst the Jews, because of mm. course the Old Testament were written by Jews. And then, of course, actually the New Testament one is, was as well. And, um, and there were incredibly strict copying laws mm. when it came to how to copy the scriptures. I mean, the scriptures were the most precious possession, really. Of, course. of of God's people. And with such painstaking effort, they copied the scriptures, they preserved the scriptures, and um, and the Bible today, amazingly, and I think we're going to talk about this tomorrow in more detail, but the Bible that we have today is is basically exactly the same mm-hmm. as what was written originally. Originally. Uh-huh. Now we don't have any original, you know, copies of what um, 
Moses wrote, right? We don't have that. That's three and a half thousand years old. But, but nor do we have original copies of pretty much any of the ancient documents, like you know Homer's Iliad. Um, you know many of these ancient documents that we you know that we take as being yes, correct, regardless truthful. Um, we don't have any original documents of those. But the way we know that this is this is accurate is we compare ancient, ancient documents with what we have today. And what we discover is that it is so close. The only differences are like minor grammatical errors. Everything else is identical. Now, you could expect that if someone was copying a text from generation to generation over thousands of years, you could imagine that, you know, you're going to get a slip of the pen every now and again, right? Mm-hmm. That's only that's only uh, reasonable. But when you look at the message, it's it unchanged, changed. it's unaltered whatsoever. And that, right. to me, is absolutely miraculous. Very, very encouraging. There is no book like the Bible that has been preserved like the Bible. Mm. There's nothing that so even now, comes now, close. Going back to the, the, the concept of inspiration, just yeah. to make sure uh, this is clear, right? So God inspires, what, a thought maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Thoughts into the minds of the prophets mm-hmm. and gives them freedom to express that thought using their own words, right? I think that's a, a great way to put it. So that means that, yeah. it, it, say for example, if I were able to inspire a thought, say for example, I was able to do that mm-hmm. in five different people at the same time, and now I tell them to write down what I inspired them, mm-hmm. I could expect them to say the same thing but with different words, right? I think that's very reasonable. Mm. And we see that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We see that particularly in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four mm-hmm. books of the New Testament, all inspired by God. And yet, when they describe different events in the life of Jesus, they often come at it from different angles. Mm-hmm. And that's not, they're not contradictory, they're complementary. Correct. And when we read all the stories together, you get the fullest picture. And it's a, it's an amazing thing, mm. and you know to to be honest, it's it's truly amazing when we take a step back and we go, well, who were these, you know, individuals that wrote the Bible? Like you look mm. at Matthew, for example, he was a tax collector. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Mark, you know, he was from a wealthy Jewish family, and it's believed that most of his information, or a lot of it, was was possibly came from Peter. Peter mm-hmm. was a fisherman, of course. Luke is a doctor, mm-hmm. and John he was what a fisherman. John was a fisherman who wrote the book of John, right? And so you've got a fisherman, a doctor, a you know, a, a, a young man from a wealthy Jewish family, and and a tax collector, and yet there's perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. And when you read the scriptures, the inspiration of them is just, you know, if we think about it carefully, it's just right there in front of our faces. I mean, who could have comprehended that the most the most, um, the best ethical information known to man is found in basically Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's found in the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, people couldn't just invent that. A tax collector, a fisherman, and a doctor, you know, <laughs> the, the, most, mm-hmm. the most profound ethical teachings known to humanity are the teachings of Jesus. Do you know what gets my attention here, That now that you're mentioning this, um, Everywhere in the Bible you have uh, different writers for different times, 
But when it comes to writing the life of Jesus, God chooses four people, not one, but four, unlike any other time in history. So that tells me right there that um, God is really interested in us understanding what Jesus taught, the revelation that Jesus gave us from who you know about who God is. Absolutely, I agree with that, and I, I think that's a, God has obviously given us um, ample stories, you know, in in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, mm-hmm. so that we can really know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, Pastor Ricardo, the whole Bible though is pointing us to Jesus Himself. In fact, Jesus said. To the, um, to the religious leaders of his day. In John 5.39, he said, mm-hmm. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, mm-hmm. what the only Bible that Jesus ever had was the Old Testament. He, he makes Correct. this very clear, because just a few verses later he said, For if you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. So Moses wrote about Jesus. Now, when you read this, this, the writings of Moses, you might think to yourself, how is this talking about Jesus? But it's talking about yeah. Jesus in a very powerful yes. way, sometimes through types, sometimes through symbols, mm. but it's all pointing to Christ. Yes. And this yes. is one of the keys Powerful. to actually interpreting Scripture correctly. Mm-hmm. When we come to the Bible, not just merely as an intellectual exercise or something that we just, you know, to satisfy our curiosity, but when we come to it saying, Lord, I want to know you, reveal to me, reveal yourself to me through your word, help me to see Jesus in every story, in every page, the Bible comes alive when we understand it in that way. We start to grow spiritually. Our reading of scripture becomes this journey of faith and discovery. And... um. And so that is that is so important. All scripture mm-hmm. is inspired by God. All scripture mm-hmm. points us to Jesus. So every verse is a gem. Old Testament is a is, is foretelling the New Testament. The New Testament is the fulfillment yes. of the old. So we cannot yes. discard the old or the new because That's they're right. both are one unit. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Only that can only come from someone like God. Pastor Ricardo, mm-hmm. that is, I believe, the whole reason why the Bible has mm-hmm. so much appeal to people today. Yes. More than any other book, people want the Bible. Mm-hmm. And with most other books, it's, it's the bestseller mm-hmm. of all time. It's the book of books. It was the first book printed. Yes. It's been translated into far more languages than any other book. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Yes. What, one other thing I find amazing about the Scriptures is that with most other books, you read it once and then mm. it goes on the shelf. You'll never pick it up again, probably. Mm. But with the Bible, you keep reading those same stories over and over and over, and it keeps having new meaning. More teachings. It keeps speaking to your heart in a fresh and profound way. Yes. We can't exhaust the Bible. Mm. You know, the Bible is is this precious gift. You know, our our lives in the West... And any country that has really had a history with the Bible, any civilization that's had a history with the Bible, really the freedoms and the things that we enjoy today, so many of the blessings we enjoy today, whether it's healthcare, 
whether it is um, our education system, mm-hmm. um, whether it is the freedom, the democracy that we have, s- yeah. almost all of this really can be traced back to what did the Bible do for that nation? What did mm. it do for that society? Amazing. And you That's see the societies and the nations that have rejected the Bible and that have banned the scriptures, and they're mm. often like a communist nation. They're, they're very, there's a lot of control. There's a lack of freedom yes, in those nations. And, and sometimes, yes, and under, underdeveloped as well often, mm. because the Bible is this gift gift that God has given us. It's a gift that will bless us personally. It will enrich our communities. It will enrich our nation. In fact, I'm even thinking mm. that um, I, there's a quote in my mind, Pastor Ricardo. I, I'm going to paraphrase it, but I, I think it was George Washington. Uh-huh. And he said, it's impossible to govern correctly without the Bible. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that something? I, I agree with that. So, to, mm. to be a leader, how do you lead well? You need to be connected to the source of infinite wisdom. And in the Bible, that's where we discover God's yes. infinite wisdom. So you said it right. Whenever a nation is governed by the biblical principles, you can only expect blessings. Uh, what, a, what a book. Also, when you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's just one book. But the fact that so many writers are, have written the Bible they, most of them never met each other. How did, when did they talk and agree, yeah. you know, how, what are you going to write about? And then I will continue if, if they never met. Absolutely. That is, yeah, that is one of the most incredible things about the scripture that there is the same theme runs throughout the whole Bible. Mm. There is no theological contradictions. And what I mean by that is you don't read in one book like the book of Genesis, you don't read something about God there, and then you later on read in the book of Psalms and you read it's different there. Mm-hmm. No, it's the same the God same. the whole way through. One author. It's the same story, really, the whole way through. And yes, like you're saying, people from different backgrounds who lived in different continents, and times. who lived in different times, who had different things happening in their world that impacted them, and yet it's the same message and that same message has echoed and re-echoed mm-hmm. down through the corridors of time, and it's speaking to mm-hmm. to God's mm-hmm. people today as well. Really good. God never stops amazing us. It's time for a break. Let's listen to a song, Your Grace Still Amazes Me. My faithful Father Oh 
Still amazes me, and that was Marlita Fong singing there. Um, dear listeners, as I said before, our giveaway for this week is the book How to Study Your Bible. And I want to emphasize your Bible. You need to make it yours. You need to spend time on your own with God. How to Study Your Bible by Peter Gregory. It's one thing to believe the Bible and accept that it is a message from God. That's all fine and good. But it's quite another thing to know how to read it, how to study it, how to discover the divine message within it for you. Because what good is it to own a Bible if we don't read it, right? Not much good at all. Yet that's the experience so many Christians are facing every time today, every time they open the Word of God. Now, Peter Gregory, the author of this book, a premier sought-after Bible teacher and evangelist, provides you with the tools you need to understand God's Word. He offers step-by-step insights that will deeply enrich any Bible study um, and revive the Christian walk. For example, how does one prepare his or her heart and mind for studying the Bible? When is the best time to sit down with your Bible? What are the best methods and tools for getting the most out of your Bible study? How to study your Bible tackles these challenges and many more, enabling and encouraging biblical students to dig more deeply into God's Word than you ever thought possible. All you need to do is text the code SA200, SA for South Australia, 200, no spaces in between, SA200 to 04888808811. I'll repeat, 04888808811. And we will be delighted to send you a copy of How You Can Study Your Bible. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is Pastor Ricardo, your host for today. And joining me in the studio, I have Pastor Marty. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center right here in Adelaide. If you would like to know more about these topics, you can visit, search for any Seventh-day Adventist church and have, um, have a chat with the pastor and ask any questions about the Bible. Uh, this week, we are exploring the theme, how reasonable is a biblical worldview? And the big question we've been dealing with today is, how did we get the Bible? All right, we've been... Having a conversation, very interesting conversation about some facts from the Bible. We've noticed that uh, the Bible is not just any other book. It has been inspired by God. So there's only basically one author and many Bible uh, writers inspired by the Holy Spirit. There is coherence all throughout the Bible, even though those uh, biblical books have been written in uh, different times in history over a span of uh, uh, 1,600 years. That's amazing to me. Marty, what else can you share about this amazing book? 
Yeah, Pastor Ricardo, there's so much to share and and one of the things we um I, I would just quickly mention mm. is the fact that, you know, how how do we know that it is inspired by God? Right. We the, the one of the ways that God says here's how you can know that this is not just an ordinary book. The way you can know it's not an ordinary book is because it reveals the future. Mm. I'm sure that in the coming weeks, we're going to do some studies. I know you're holding a prophecy seminar called Secrets of Prophecy. That's right. This, starting this Friday night at the Prospect International Seventh-day Adventist Church, 6 p.m. So, when you look at prophecy, and this is one of the reasons why I believe I'm still a Christian today. I was raised in a Christian family, Mm. but why did I remain Christian? What anchored me in a trust in the Word of God? It was, it was prophecy that was had, had a significant impact in my spiritual journey. When you study the books of Daniel and Revelation, your spiritual experience goes to a new level. Mm -hmm. If you've never studied those books, then you're missing something in your experience with the Word of God. When you study those books and you see how powerfully God has revealed the future and you look at the past, see 90% of Bible prophecy has already been fulfilled. Hmm. We can go back and we can look at how what God said would happen did happen. And every time you do that, it verifies the truthfulness of the Bible. But there is 10% that hasn't happened yet, but it will happen very soon. Exactly. And when you can see, hey, that's a good track record, 90% has already been fulfilled, Hmm. 10% is yet to be fulfilled, but it's going to be fulfilled soon, we can have confidence that it is also going to be fulfilled. Yes, yes, yes. But I really want to talk about, well, how do we approach Scripture so that we can arrive at the true message of what it means? There is a two key principles. Number one, we must allow the Bible to interpret itself. Mm-hmm. It's very, we run into danger when we begin to put our own interpretation mm-hmm. or we use church creeds or things like this to try and interpret the scriptures. Now, we all have our personal bias that comes when, when we come to reading the Bible. That's why we need to allow the Bible to interpret itself. Correct. The way to do that is you read the Bible it's in, in its entirety. Mm. You pick a subject. You might pick a subject like prayer, for example, and you look at what does the Bible teach about prayer, and you look at all the verses about prayer, and that's going to give you the clearest picture mm. or you may look at a subject um you know that's that's a more more uh, more complex or, or more controversial subject like the law of god for example and you go well you know do we still need to keep the law is the law still relevant has it been done away with all of these questions and you look at the bible it's an entirety and you allow the bible to interpret itself and you arrive at the correct meaning there's a second principle and that is the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it basically says that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Mm-hmm. In other words, I don't come to the correct meaning of Scripture just because I'm smart or intelligent. I come to the correct meaning of the Scripture because my heart is open to what God wants to reveal to me. Mm-hmm. That's why I always pray before I open up God's Word. And I say, Lord, send, give me understanding. Send your Holy Spirit 
help illuminate the dark darkness of my mind so that I can understand what it is that you are saying right. to me in your word. So it's not like I pray saying to God, God, help me to prove my point. Or, <laughs> yeah, know, that's good. I like that. God, help me. You tell me what, what yes, I should understand. Right? absolutely. I mean, prayer is the same thing. We don't mm. pray to God and say, God, I want you to do what I want you to do. Prayer is about knowing what God wants us to do, right? Mm. That's why Jesus says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the Lord's prayer, right? Mm. We And the scripture is the same. I come to the scripture not trying to impose my beliefs and my ideas on the scriptures but I come to the scripture and I say, Lord, teach me. That's teach right me your attitude. way. In fact, there's a beautiful verse in um, Luke 24, verse 45, and it's talking about the disciples when Jesus is, is, is helping the disciples understand the scripture. And it simply says, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. He did. Jesus did. Uh-huh. You see, we need Jesus to mm-hmm. open our minds that we might comprehend the scriptures. If anyone who is sincere... God will reveal himself. The Bible says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. When you come to the word of God and you're searching for truth, God will reveal it to you. Mm-hmm. It won't just happen overnight. It'll take diligent study and patience and perseverance. But as you spend that time each day reading the word of God, Simply saying, Lord, teach me from your word. Mm. Connect me with others who are on that same journey of discovery right, in your right. word. Very important. You know, this is important. We, the Bible we mentioned before is of no private interpretation. There is a huge blessing in studying it in a group. However, we must always allow, again, mm. the Bible to interpret itself. No pastor, no mm. church, no one has, um, you know, the the... No one's in a position to say, hey, this is what it means. We need to allow the Bible to interpret itself. That's when we can trust that we have arrived at its true meaning. Amen. That's how we will get the blessings of the Bible. Um, We have to finish our show for today, unfortunately. Let's pray together. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word that we find in the Bible. We pray that we may all come to your word uh, with the attitude of allowing you to teach us what we should do in our lives. Please help us to have that experience and, and receive those blessings daily. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This was Pastor Ricardo and Pastor Marty. Please join us tomorrow for another Drive Time BQ&A show because we will deal with a very important question. And the question will be, can the Bible be trusted? Until then... Remember that the Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. May God bless you richly. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.